This is why Small Business Matters from Northumbria University, supporting small businesses with the Help to Grow Management Programme. Welcome to this episode of Why Small Business Matters. My name's Hannah Hessel-Greaves and I'm part of a team at Northumbria University which has spent the last decade working with hundreds of SMEs, listening to their experiences, helping them to overcome their challenges and celebrating their successes. Today I'm joined by John McCabe, Chief Executive of the North East England Chamber of Commerce and formerly Managing Director of Fusion PR Creative. John started his career in PR with Northumbrian Water before moving into communications roles with Transco and Newcastle Building Society, among other places. Now with that executive experience, becoming an entrepreneur, then moving into an influential regional leadership role, John has a valuable perspective on what it means to do business in the North East. John McCabe, welcome to Why Small Business Matters. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Really look forward to chatting this morning. So, John, you have recently started as the Chief Executive of the North East England Chamber of Commerce. On occasion, it's felt like I've been here for, for very much longer, um, but uh, but it's, it's great. I'm thoroughly enjoying it. It's a real privilege to be in this position, to be working with so many brilliant um, businesses right across the North East and, uh, and with our fantastic Chamber team. So I'm, I'm, I'm really loving every minute of the job. Uh, it's a genuine privilege to be doing it. But you've had a, a, a previous career in public relations, haven't you? How, how did you get into that? My, my career's sort of evolved down the years, as, as it does for many people when they get to the sort of age that, that I am now. Um, and I, I guess it's, it's sort of gone in, in phases. Um, first of all, um, my, my first role i didn't i didn't go to university in uh in, in my in my sort of younger days um and uh so my first role was actually really a, a, an apprenticeship albeit i think it was known as something else then but it was with northumbrian water so i joined northumbrian water on a two-year opportunity which allowed me to continue with my my education um but but also um, gain some really valuable work experience so my first posting, the idea was that I would spend two years going around the different departments within their head office and just gain experience in each. And then they'd try and find if there was a match for me where, you know, whatever skills in our, our, that I was bringing to the role um, could be matched with a, with a departmental need. My first six months was spent in the in the revenue department, uh, so the, the billing department. And um, numbers have never really been my thing. I've been more of a words person down the years. So um, while it was while it was really you know great to get that first step on the ladder, um, I was I was very excited about the second posting that I did in that in that uh, program, which was in their public relations department, as it was then. It then it later became the corporate affairs department, and I just really took to it. And um, I think I had a. A bit of a flair for for writing and for communicating message, for understanding message. So I ended up just never leaving that department once I joined it. So I was sort of fast tracked through and taken off the the sort of the, the developmental program that I was on, and just given a permanent posting in in that department. And it was just such brilliant experience for me. I was exposed at a very young age to very senior leaders within the organisation. Um, which was just a, a terrific opportunity for me, and th- and that um, you know I went into that just thinking I just need to soak up as much as I possibly can from this experience. So um, yeah, started in, in public relations at Northumbrian Water, um, uh, did about five years there. Then I went into uh, working public relations consultancy with what was then a really big 
full service marketing agency in Newcastle employing about 120 people, which was which was a big agency at the time for outside of London. Uh, did another five years there. Again, great experience, very varied, working on a whole raft of different clients, which was which was really interesting. Um, then back in house um, with with a, a couple of um, employers. What the first one was uh, Transco, which was the gas emergency service, um, and then later on with Newcastle Building Society as their head of communications and media. And it was really in that role that I started to sort of develop into what I think was probably more the, the second phase of my career, which was around public affairs and stakeholder engagement. Um, so it's starting to do quite a bit of that sort of work with Newcastle Building Society. And then um, I, I was appointed by Alcan, which was a, a multinational manufacturing company with uh, a manufacturing facility in Northumberland. Um, I was appointed as their corporate affairs director. So doing a lot of lobbying at the highest levels of the British government right across the European Commission um, to try and keep those plants operational as, as long as we possibly could uh, because they were sort of challenged by the threat of, of closure. Um, and we, we managed to keep those plants going for about the next 12 years or so, um, up until 2013. And then I like, unfortunately, 500, 550 or so people in the northeast, unfortunately, lost our jobs with the closure of that plant. So um, so that led me into starting my own business. So it was a, a, a career in, in, in phases, I think. So beginning in, in public relations, moving into public affairs and stakeholder engagement, and then and then ultimately, I guess, what I'm doing now. You uh, you set up a company which was Fusion PR Creative and you said that you sort of ended up there. And I know you said before that some of this stuff's felt accidental. Can you tell us what was the story of Fusion? Yeah, so um, Hannah, as I, as I said, I, I, I was made redundant and um, I'd never had any aspirations to run my own business. I always had huge admiration for anybody who did but I just never felt that was that was for me I'd, I'd always worked with pretty big employers um, and enjoyed the security of working with with, with big employers um, but as I said I, I, I lost my job along with a lot of other really highly skilled people in the northeast and I thought I would just do 12 months of consultancy work you know take a bit of a breath it had been quite a demanding period trying to sort of lobby to, to keep the plants open as long as we could so it had been a a very demanding period and I was at the sort of the forefront of that work. Um, so I just thought I'll take 12 months just to take a breath, do a bit of consultancy work, that'll pay the mortgage um, and then I'll get my next proper job. And eight and a half years later, um, Fusion uh, had had grown. We'd, we'd started, you know, we'd, we'd recruited people down the years, hopefully created good jobs for really good people. We'd, we'd grown the business in terms of um, our client base. We had diversified it, our, our sort of offering to clients to become more of a kind of a full service agency. And, and that was, you know, that brought its own challenges. And, and, um, but it was, a, you know, it was a very rewarding experience for me. I'm, I'm, on reflection, I'm really glad I did it. But then, um, as I said, eight, some eight years later, eight and a half years later, the, the chamber opportunity came up. And as I'm sure we'll get into in the conversation, um, the chamber is an organisation that's always been quite close to my professional uh, heart, if you like. And uh, when that opportunity came up, I, 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 it was one I just couldn't couldn't resist. So uh, there's not very I can't think of any other roles in the northeast that I would have uh, left Fusion for, but this this would certainly be the one. Let's talk about let's talk about the chamber then. What are your plans there? So um, first of all, I, you know I'm. 
I'm stepping into a job which uh, my predecessor was in for 15 years, um, and uh, many of your your listeners will will know and recognise James Ramsbotham. And James has been a, a good friend of mine down down many years um, through my various sort of involvements with the chamber. So I, I, I'm stepping into very large shoes, no doubt about that. Um, but I'm also joining an organisation that's got 206 years of history to it. So. Um, what I think one of the challenges for, for the Chamber has always been and and will always be remaining relevant to to our members and to, to our business community. It's a business community that evolves quite quite rapidly, um, sometimes by, by design, sometimes by accident, responding to economic shocks, um, you know, such as a pandemic. So the Chamber therefore has to always be relevant to its to its members. So um, I, I said we had a, 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 a meeting of all of our staff came together for an event within, I think it was the end of my second week in the role. And I was asked to sort of say a few words to the team. And I opened up by saying I had two priorities in the job. And I, I acknowledge that two might sound fairly sort of uninspiring and you'd expect me to have a lot more. And of course, you know, there are others, but, but two main priorities. One of them is to make the chamber the best place in the northeast in which to work. So I want to ensure that we are attracting and keeping the very best talent, people who really want to make a difference in their region. You know, and, and again, I, I sort of summarise that as saying, if, you know, if you want to change the world from the northeast, I want there to be a role for you in the chamber. So, so we've got to be the best place in the northeast in which to work. Um, second priority, though, is that relevance point. How do we ensure that we remain relevant across our geographic area which is you know we go from the we've got members in the north of Northumberland right down to the south of the Tees Valley and, and all points in between we've got members who are startup businesses micro businesses owner managed firms right through the SME community right into you know the biggest employers trading internationally uh, from the northeast so we've got to be relevant to to all of them and that, and that also means what we you know we represent members in just about every sector imaginable. I, I can't think that's a, that there's a sector of our economy where we don't have a member. Um, so, um, so you know, that brings its own its own opportunities, but it also brings its own challenges. And fundamentally, as I said, that's about making sure that we are always relevant to those members and responsive to, to members' needs. I was thinking about this in the, in the sheer range of businesses that there are in the North East. And much of the government policy and agenda, it centres on growth and productivity. And I just wondered what your view was on that in relation to the to the businesses that, that we've got. Why why do you think there's such a focus on that? And how does that how's that going to work out for the businesses that you support? I think the first thing I would say about about you know it's a very general comment to make, but what, what really impresses me massively about about the businesses that, that are in chamber membership, many of whom I've I've spoken to already, but we've got you know over two and a half thousand members, so I haven't I haven't quite got around to all of them in the first six weeks in the role, but but it's it's the ingenuity and, and the, the innovation that they show. And, and you know, this, this is a region that's known for its 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 resilience. Um but but what I'd really like is to get to a point where the Northeast is, is known as much for its for its ingenuity. We've got some remarkable businesses doing some incredible things. And and again, they've they've responded to the most trying of circumstances. You know, so there's been a lot of uncertainty in the economy in the last few years. And and, and of course, you know, the pandemic, no greater example of that. Um and um that has again, that is that is in, in many cases forced a lot of change. In, in how businesses approach what they do and how they 
look to you know, sort of improve their productivity and so on. Um, but with many others as well, it's just you know it's it's almost just accelerated a, a path that they might have already been on. You know, they've, one of the words that's become a real sort of buzz phrase in in, in the last eighteen months or so is, is pivot. You know, for many of our businesses that pivoted away from what was their traditional core business into into something else. So so I think it's a, it's a rapidly moving landscape, and and I, I, again, I, I think there is more opportunity than threat there for for our businesses in the northeast to to respond to that to um and to, and to sort of you know look forward to with, you know, with, with optimism for their future having been someone who's supported SMEs with their PR i was curious about like what we are doing what we are doing today and the new opportunities um, that that digital and all of these different solutions are providing businesses to sort of represent themselves. Have you got a sense of sort of what's changed for small business um, in in that sort of supporting themselves and representing themselves in their marketplace? Again, my sense is that, um, and again, this might be as a as a consequence or as a result of the pandemic, or maybe we were sort of heading in this direction anyway, but. My sense is that, that that the northeast is there is a focus more than ever before on on collaboration. I think in the northeast, and that's collaboration across sectors: so our private sector, public, voluntary, culture, health, and academia. Um, but also, I think even within the private sector, I think there's there's a, a, a growing sense of of collaboration, and I think what what we're hopefully seeing is that larger businesses. Are more aware of their, if you like, um, social footprint and social responsibilities, and that's impacting down the supply chain. So hopefully, what that means is larger businesses are becoming more accessible to smaller businesses in terms of you know, procurement and getting you know getting opportunities to work with with, with larger businesses. So um, I think I think that's one of the areas that that is that has changed. I think the chamber and other membership and representative organizations have a, a key role to play in that and being using our, our, our convening powers to bring those various sectors of our ecosystem together um, but I think I think that's probably been one of the one of the biggest changes I know from my own experience starting um, a, a small business and, and growing it it can be quite a lonely place to be um, and I think what's therefore beholden on on the chamber, on, on bigger business, but on o- o- others in that in that sort of um, economic community, is to is to provide support to to small business through whether it's mentoring, whether it's through just you know, a bit of just informal advice from time to time, a bit of sort of sharing best practice, sharing experiences, being very honest about about those experiences. So, um, so yeah, I, th- I think that's a really important thing for us as a region going forward. You're listening to Why Small Business Matters. Find out how Northumbria University can help your business thrive through the Help to Grow Management Programme, delivered by leading small business and enterprise experts from Northumbria University with the support of leading figures from industry and experienced entrepreneurs. The programme supports senior managers of small and medium-sized businesses to boost their business's performance, resilience and long-term growth. The 12-week programme is 90% funded by the government and the fee payable by participants is £750 and has been designed to allow participants to complete it alongside full-time work. 
The in-depth, high-quality curriculum supports you to build your capabilities in leadership, innovation, digital adoption, employee engagement, marketing, responsible business and financial management. By the end of the program, you'll develop a business growth plan to help you lead your business to realize its potential. To find out more about the program, the modules, eligibility and fees and delivery dates, go to northumbria.ac.uk slash help to grow. You're listening to Why Small Business Matters from Northumbria University. I'm Hannah Hesselgreaves and my guest in this episode is Chief Executive of the North East England Chamber of Commerce, John McCabe. You mentioned it being feeling a lonely experience at times when when you were um when you were at Fusion and quite a few small businesses have told us that they find the um the support landscape quite confusing and potentially sometimes crowded. Where did you go to for support when you needed it? So Hannah, this this probably isn't going to surprise you, but I promise you it is it is true. I joined the chamber. Uh Within, within a couple of weeks of setting the business up. Um, and I did that because the chamber has kind of always been there in my career. So um, it's in the various roles that I'd done prior to setting the business up, I, I'd, I'd sort of, I, I always found myself either gravitating towards or being sort of pushed towards being my employer's sort of point person with the chamber. So I was therefore very well aware of the strength of the chamber network and, and, and what the what the offering was to, to small businesses such as the one that I was setting up. So so it was a it was a complete no brainer for me. I, I I joined the chamber within within the first couple of weeks, um, and I did that for for a couple of reasons. One again just to be part of that network and to feel like I had a voice, but I also um, was was part of a, a wider network where. I could again share my experiences, share some of the, the challenges that I was facing, and hopefully try and find some solutions to those challenges. But also just very practical reasons, you know, because again, as you said, I think there's a, a there is a lot of business support out there, but I think it can be I think a challenge for a small business leader when they're doing everything else. They're they're, they're at the sharp end of the delivery of their business, but they're also you know they might also be tasked with sort of you know, fixing the printer when that's broken or, or, or whatever it might be, you know, small business owners end up just being, you know, sort of across everything in their, in their businesses. And what the chamber offered then and offered, offers today is just to take some of that pressure away from you. So we provide um, a legal and HR and health and safety helpline. So our members, large and small, can contact a helpline 24-7 to get support and advice on aspects of their business that almost inevitably, certainly at startup stage, they're not going to have. You know, so when I when I started the business, I didn't have a an HR advisor in the team. I didn't I didn't have a obviously a, a sort of a head of legal or anything like that. Um, so when I needed that advice, as, as all businesses do from time to time, the chamber was an obvious place to get it. So, um, but I, th- I think I think you know you make an excellent point, and this has been true. For many many years, that that one of the challenges the rest of us have in terms of the support we provide to small business is to make it accessible and make it easy, because there are so many other pressures on on, on the time of a small business owner. Um, so we've got to make we've got to make accessing support. We've got to make sure the support is there, but we've also got to make sure that the access to the support is as straightforward as it can possibly be. 
you're versed in talking to government and you've said that you did some that you did some lobbying, successful lobbying several years ago. If you bumped into the Minister for Small Business in the pub now, what would you ask him or what would you ask him to do? That's a great question. Um, when when I was doing a lot of very early on in my in my career at Alcan, we had a, a, a relationship with, with with what was then the Department for Trade and Industry, and it's gone through many rebrands since. But I think a lot of your listeners would still recognise the, the the DTI as was. And um, <clears throat> albeit I was in a, in a big business, and the DTI had relationships that were sort of account management type relationships with a lot of the larger employers across the across the country. So we had a sort of a dedicated civil servant in the DTI looking at our sector who I could contact whenever I needed to to talk about whatever issues we, we were facing. And at around the same time that I joined Alcan, a, a very senior, um, well, somebody was appointed to a very senior role in that department, but he also came from the private sector. And within a few months of us both starting the jobs, he said to me, every business we talk to tells us what they want, but very, very few tell us how to do it or why. And that's stuck with me ever since, particularly in, in, in any dealings with, with government. Um, it's, it's one thing just to say we want government to do X, Y, Z, but you can really start to make some progress if you, if you put to government some solutions on how to deliver X, Y, Z, and really importantly as well on, on why. You know, what, what is in this for, for government? Why are we making this ask of government? What will it deliver? What benefits will it deliver to, to society? So, um, so I think I would take that approach. I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily just be asking him a, a, a what question. I'd be. I'd be wanting to get into a discussion around the how and the why. And I think you know the key one for us in the region right now. I mean, gosh, there are so many questions I would have for him. But I think I could encompass a lot if you said to me I only had one. I think I'd, I could encompass a lot by talking about leveling up. You know, we're all talking about leveling up right now. And I think I'd want to have a discussion with that minister about what leveling up means for us in, in, in our region, um, what it means to level up the Northeast, um, what our priorities are, what we will deliver in partnership with government if we are, if we are able to achieve leveling up, what it will mean, how, how that will transform our region and, and sort of, you know, again, sort of make very clear that, you know, this region with all of its ingenuity and resilience can be part of many, many solutions to problems that governments face today and have faced for many years. We, we, we can't allow our region to be seen as being part of the, the national problem. We're part of the national solution. So I think I'd get into a conversation with the minister around, around not just the, the what, but the how and the why. I think if you could tell him how and why to level up, he should be buying you a few drinks. <laughs> <laughs> As you know, the um, the Chartered Association of Business Schools uh, are asking business schools to deliver the Help to Grow Management Programme, uh, which we do at Northumbria mm. as well. Where do you think universities fit in to the sort of um, regional growth? I think they're absolutely fundamentally important and, and not just for the reasons that we would have recognised you know, the role of universities to be for, for, for many years. But again, I'm, I'm, I'm talking a lot uh, in, in my first few weeks in the role, and, and certainly this seems to be the direction of travel that the Chamber's on, I'm talking a lot to um, leaders across, I, I constantly re regard, uh, refer to the, the sort of the Northeast ecosystem. So, so I'm talking not just to business leaders, but to leaders in local government, in culture, in 
um, in health, in crime and policing, and also in, in academia, both in terms of our, our um, HE sector and our, our FE sector, both of which I think are really strong. I think we're very fortunate in the Northeast to have um, a really strong and diverse university and, and FE college offering. And what, what I really like, and I think part of the strength in that offering from a regional perspective is that not only are these absolutely first-class institutions, but they all, you know, they, they differ, but they differ in a complementary way. So I think what that means is our, our sort of regional offering as far as education and skills is concerned is a really very strong one. And that's why we see so many, um, particularly young people who are, who are you know, sort of progressing with their, their, their sort of student career, if you like, looking to, to gravitate towards the Northeast. It's, it's, um, it's a very attractive proposition for them. Um, so I think I think universities have a role in that in that um, that wider northeast ecosystem around um, you know working much more closely together as as a as a as, a, as an economic community. So so I, yeah, again I'm, I've seen some great examples of again our universities and colleges working much more closely together than that they perhaps done have done so before. But working really closely with our business community, so I think you know we've got some outstanding business schools in the um, in the northeast across the across the, the university sector, and um, you know Northumbria is one that I know very well. And it's you know I think even things like this podcast, for example, it's just an innovative way of of, of sort of being plugged into that that wider ecosystem where you know you're able to to to, to hear from the business community, the business community is able to hear from you. And we can we can really start to make things happen together. So I think I think for me it's it's not just about that student offering, but it's about that sort of wider offering to the northeast ecosystem. And I think I think we've got some outstanding universities and leaders in those universities who are ensuring that that's that's the role that you're playing. And and the rest of us again just need to welcome and embrace that. We try to give advice um, to small businesses and to support them in similar in similar ways that to you. What advice would you give SMEs or SME leaders now, especially the ones that, who might be finding themselves ha- having pivoted um, or, or made a, had to make a sudden change or a fairly sudden decision like you've had to do? What advice would you be giving them now? Uh, I think it's, um, it, it, it might, again, it might be a very obvious answer, but I, I just think the power of your network, particularly for a small business where, again, for the, for the leader of that small business, as we've talked about earlier on, uh, it can be a very lonely place to be. Um, almost inevitably, there is another small business leader out there who has encountered exactly the same problems or challenges that are keeping you awake at night. So to be part of a network increases your likelihood of actually being able to eventually have that conversation with somebody who's been through exactly the same issue that you're dealing with and come out of it the, the other side. So... Um, so I, th- I would really, whether it's through the chamber, and obviously we'd, we'd, we'd love people to, to join join their chamber, whether it's tapping into the, the support that um, that your business school and our other business schools are offering, um, whether it's tapping into a, an alumni network um, or perhaps a, a more sort of sectoral-based network, I just think that is so important because, as I said, there are very few, I think, unique and first-time challenges and pressures out there the vast majority of them, if not all of them, will have been faced at some point before. And sometimes you can find the answer in the in the place you're least expecting to find it too. So surround yourself with a good network, surround yourself with good people. Um, and I think importantly as well, and, and again, this is a challenge, 
because time is so precious for small business leaders. But take the time to invest your personal capital in your network. In other words, be active in that network when you don't necessarily need it. Because if you do that, it is much more likely to be there at the very moment you do need it. So that means, you know, again, playing that that full part in, in your in your network and in your in your community. Um, because that I think is where you'll find the support will be more readily available to you when you when you do need it. That is great advice. I love that. Keeping your personal capital sort of live and ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ready. Really important. Ready to really go. important. It's like, it's like giving back. And again, it's it's something that, you know, we're so it's just such such a part of the Northeast DNA, isn't it? You know, we we when when we need to sort of, you know, sort of stand shoulder to shoulder with one another and, and, and support each other through through a difficult period, the vast majority of people, businesses, organizations in the Northeast, that's just what they're ready, willing, and able to do. And time and time again they do it. So, you know, don't ever be afraid to, to sort of, you know, ask for that help to seek that support because it'll be there for you. Finally, John, about you. How would you describe yourself now, where you are now? You're you're a public figure and I know you've said if somebody had have asked you, you know, do you think you're going to be an entrepreneur? Do you think you're going to set up your own business? Do you think you're going to do this and that? You'd have said not in a million years, but you have been a businessman. You have been an entrepreneur. You have been a lobbyist. Um, how do you describe yourself now? I think the, the, probably the, 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 the thread that runs through all of that is I think I'm quite a radical centrist. I think you can achieve a lot from from um, sort of planting yourself in, in, in the centre ground. And I don't necessarily mean there, by the way, politically. I mean, I mean, plant yourself in the centre ground of your community, in your environment, in your, again, that ecosystem that I was talking about. Um, and and play your part. And, and that's what, what I've tried to do, particularly in the last few years in different roles that I've had, a bit of work that I've been involved with. Um, and, you know, if there's somebody better placed than me to to, to play that particular part then great over to, over to them and but but um if there isn't this is a great opportunity for me to to do exactly that in this role at the chamber and and just try to try to influence positive change uh i'm an optimist i i, I you know our, our region is not without its challenges and pressures of course but i'm i'm hugely optimistic about our future i think all of the strengths that again are just part of our DNA in the Northeast will will get us through those challenges and get us through those those difficult times and, and will emerge from it as a stronger region on the other side. Um, so I'm I'm a I'm a passionate advocate for our region. Um, I will I will work with anybody who shares that vision of of collaboration and um, and and a, a commitment to equality and diversity and social mobility and, and good work anybody who shares shares that sort of agenda and has those priorities I and we in the chamber can work with um, and we as an organization are going to be doing a lot of work on that going forward I'm, I'm firmly of the opinion that good business is good for business it doesn't matter if you're that small startup owner managed firm or the multinational trading overseas I think good business is is good for business um, and that's an agenda that the chamber is really going to be going to be focusing on and, and, and treating as a priority going forward. So I think, as I said, for somebody who considers themselves to be a radical centrist, that's not a bad, bad place to be. 
a optimistic radical centrist. I love it, and I I reckon that the northeast will have a will be a healthier region. I think, as a a business region with you around. It's fantastic. That's very kind of you to say so, Hannah. Thank you. Thank you so much, John, for for talking to us. It's been really, really enjoyable. It's been great hearing your experience and insights. It's my pleasure. Thank you. I'm really enjoying this podcast series. I've I've, I've listened to the previous episodes. I've got it now on... um, on, on download so uh, so it drops into my into my podcast library as soon as each episode drops um, so good luck with it I think it's, I think it's a fascinating series a great thing that the, the business school is, is doing so um, can't wait to hear who you're going to be talking to next yeah watch this space many more to come thank you so much John absolute pleasure thanks Hannah my thanks once again to my guest John McCabe Chief Executive of the North East England Chamber of Commerce Find out how Northumbria University can help your business and details about the Help to Grow management programme, please visit northumbria.ac.uk forward slash help to grow. If you've enjoyed this episode of Why Small Business Matters, please subscribe on whichever app you use to ensure you get new episodes as soon as they're available. 